All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in. Happy Wednesday, hockey fans. This is another edition of Daily Face Off Live, streaming live on the DFO YouTube. And as always, the show is brought to you by Botano. The game starts now at Botano.ca 19+. Please play responsibly. He is not Frank Saravalli. He is Colby Cohn, my co-host for the day. Colb, how's it going? It's going good. I appreciate the distinction that I'm not Frank Saravalli. That's always a good way to start the show. Well, you don't want to confuse people. Uh, we'll start the show <laughs> off with a little bit of news. Uh, former second overall pick Nolan Patrick today, Colby, officially announced his retirement, something that was kind of expected for the last little bit here, considering he wasn't attempting to make any sort of a comeback into the game. But nonetheless, a guy who, again, went second overall, is retiring at just 25 years old, only played in 222 career games. It really is. It's a bit of a sad story. It's just disappointing. I mean, look, yeah, I wish him well. I knew him a little bit from being here in Philadelphia covering that team at the time. Uh, he obviously has dealt with some uh, injury problems and and other things. So, you know, you just hope that he can, you know, find some comfort and, and find a new path. And I'm sure he'll stay close to the game of hockey. Yeah, uh, for more on that, we'll have it covered over at dailyfaceoff.com. But let's jump into what we saw on the ice last night. And usually they're chanting, let's go, Buffalo. Right now, it's more like, uh-oh, Buffalo, because the Sabres just can't seem to get any traction. Colby, back-to-back -back losses, losing 9-4 to the Columbus Blue Jackets last night. To the Columbus freaking Blue Jackets, Colby. It is just getting uglier and uglier for the Buffalo Sabres. They only have 13 wins in 33 games this season. 
I don't know what they should do. I, like, I understand their commitment to Don Granado as the head coach, but it's looking like another wasted season in Buffalo. It's a very fair question to ask, Tyler. It really is. And, and look, I really like Don Granado. I know him personally. I played for his brother. Uh, they're a great family, uh, a great, a great, great hockey family. Um, but you cannot ask the question. We've seen five coaches removed from their jobs already, and you see the way Buffalo's playing. Now, this happened on home ice as well, Tyler, and they scored a goal the first minute of the game. Darlene jumps in the play. You think, oh, this is going to be a good one uh, for Buffalo on home ice. They should beat up on Columbus. But, you know, I went back and watched that game this morning, and, you know, some of the observations that I have, well, really, it's it, it starts a little bit in goal, and they've had inconsistent goaltending. Devin Levi got sent down. He got brought back up, played a couple of good games. But then last night, you know, he just doesn't look like an NHL goaltender right now. I do believe he is one. Why they don't just put him in Rochester and let him play a stretch of 20 or 30 games. Let him work out some of the kinks that uh, you see players deal with when they come from college hockey right to the professional ranks, especially for an undersized goaltender. Let him learn how to read the rush. Uh, let them learn how to read different power play sets around the net, learn players' habits, this and that. So, you know, I start there. But look, Owen Power was minus four last night. He seemed like he was on the ice for every goal against. Uh, and when you watch the way that this team is defending, their gaps are not good. Their defense are backing in. They're giving up the blue line way too easy. And look, in the NHL, whether you're playing Columbus or whether you're playing Vegas, if you give forwards time and space, they are going to hurt you. And that's what Columbus did. They made play after play. And the defense really backed on in. They puck watched in the defensive zone. And it was ugly. And they showed a little bit of fight. It was 7-1 at one point. Right. They got it back, I believe, to seven, four. But then Columbus goes eight, four, nine, four. So it's a disaster there the way that game looked. I mean, I watched that game. It was even worse, Tyler, than the score would let you believe. And again, like if this was 12 months ago, I think you'd sit there and say, ah, there's still a lot of promise on that Buffalo team. Like they're building, they're growing like you got to live with these kinds of nights. But this was a team where the expectation was playoffs. It was not just the expectation to be, you know, scrappy, have a couple of good moments throughout the year. And, you know, Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner, Alex Stock, they're in the lineup right now. It's not like this team is dealing with a whole rash of injuries to important players. We flashed up their blue line as well. Like Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton were supposed to calm things down to a certain extent on the blue line. That's not happening either. So they just feel like a team that that's lost its direction a little bit. And, you know, you're, you're always the up and coming team until you get the loser stink on you. And right now it feels like Buffalo has the loser stink on them. <laughs> well said <laughs> well yeah. said i i don't know if they're going to be able to turn it around this year because on one hand you can look at the eastern conference standings and go you know they're only six points back of that top or back of that final wild card spot right now and there's still 50 games to go in the regular season but then you also consider the fact one they've played more games than pretty much everyone in the conference and two you have to jump pittsburgh montreal detroit new jersey washington and then one of tampa bay or carolina like it's too tall of a task it's not happening it, they dug themselves a hole they haven't been consistent and again they're just it's not like they're playing good hockey and losing games they're not defending well they're puck watching like these are elementary things that separate good teams in the nhl versus bad teams you watch vegas defend a rush their defensemen engage you at the red line they don't even give up the red line you watch buffalo they don't engage the rush until 
eight feet inside their offensive blue or inside the blue line. I mean, guys can shoot. They use these big, tall defensemen as screens and they've been victimized on it time and time again. And the goaltending hasn't been consistent. Like it's hard to find positives, you know, other than the fact that sure on a power play, Tage Thompson can wire a one-timer. The one-timer goal he had last night was an absolute missile, but it's not a playoff year for Buffalo. And to me, they, they just look, it's it's messy it's it's messy it is messy uh we'll see if maybe they can string something together and make the back half of the season meaningful but it's not looking that way right now in buffalo uh out in chicago it was never expected to be a playoff year for the blackhawks so it's easier to pull positives from nights like last night where you go up and beat the colorado avalanche by a score of three to two the first meeting between Connor bedard and nathan mckinnon and bedard showed up with two assists in that hockey game just like he showed up in his first meeting with Connor McDavid, scoring the game's first goal. It feels like with Bedard Colby, every time there's a task or a challenge in front of him, he passes it with flying colors. And when you look at how his season's gone, 28 points in 31 games, but he had seven points in that first 10-game stretch. 10 points in the next 10-game stretch, nine points in the next 10-game stretch, a multi-point game last night. Like He just keeps getting better. And he doesn't have anybody really to play with. And that's no disrespect, but you know, you look around at first round draft picks and you look at players that they got to play with and ways you can sort of shelter a first round draft pick, maybe protect him just a little bit. That does not exist in Chicago. That's why Kyle Davidson brought in Taylor Hall. That's why he overpaid Athens CU to stay. That's why he overpaid uh, Corey Perry. Obviously, Corey Perry's not there anymore. All the players I just mentioned, they're injured. I mean, you're talking about a team that is rolling out, I'd say 50% of their roster is probably uh, in an American League farm system on, on a playoff team. So, you know, the fact that he's able to do this and do it with very little help and support, and you watch the way that he creates, and he's making other players better, uh, talking a little bit to their staff and their general manager, Kyle Davidson, when they're trying to get a guy like Lucas Reichel going, who's really struggled this year, their other first-round pick from a couple years back, they put him up with Bedard because they know Bedard is going to raise the level of his game. We're talking about an 18-year-old on an original six team. Basically, the only reason people are showing up, the United Center had a sellout last night, and I'm glad they were able to win for those fans. They're very passionate, but they're only there to see 98. That is the only reason. And when you count all of those factors and you look at what Bedard is doing, it is incredibly impressive, incredibly impressive. So uh, he's been everything we thought he would be and potentially more. I just can't wait to see this rebuild start to take place. I think Kyle Davidson has done an unbelievable job with um, draft picks and draft capital and using assets. When they start looking for free agents in another year, two years probably to really surround Bedard, look out because this kid is legit. He's the real deal. Yeah, and I do think their big splash will eventually come in free agency. And I think this upcoming free agent crop has two guys, Jake Gensel and Sam Reinhart. Man, if you could get one of those two and slap them next to Bedard for the next five, six seasons, you're probably feeling pretty good about yourself. But it also, like, when you see a team like Chicago in this position in the standings, the talk usually is, well, what else are they going to offload? Are they going to keep stockpiling draft picks? And when you look at just how many picks the Hawks have over the next couple of years, I'm not sure they need to. I honestly think it's probably smart for Davidson to be looking to add to this team just so you can 
like I said with Buffalo, you don't want the loser stink on you. Like you want yeah. to be pushing to turn this thing around relatively quick. And that might involve being a buyer here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what he tried to do, you know, this year by bringing, I think people were like, why are they bringing in Taylor Hall? We don't understand why you're giving Corey Perry $4 million. We don't understand why you're giving Felino $4 million. He tried to do that and mm -hmm. it didn't work. And one thing I know about Kyle knowing him as well as I do is he's a very even keeled guy very even keeled he doesn't overreact to a win he doesn't overreact to a loss um you know even once they got bedard and they 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 won that lottery I, right away i'm texting him and like he's just an even keeled guy so it'll be interesting to see what they do i do think uh willie nylander is a name that that keeps popping up and people are saying you could see him potentially ending up in chicago because the other thing chicago has a zillion dollars in cap space and even going to be more and more and more so <coughs> excuse me i think they're mm -hmm. kind of teeing this up to really hit their stride not next season but the season after all right we went a little long so let's move along or move along to the other side of that matchup last night another loss for the Colorado Avalanche and some frustration setting in in that locker room. Here's what Devon Taves had to say after the game last night. Frustrating when, you know, as a collective, you're not pulling for the same goal. How do you, this is maybe a silly question. How do you fix that? I mean, it's, it's self-awareness. We need guys that know, you know, know how to play in our system, how to, how to play our game and, and know what it takes. And, uh, we have guys in here. I think we got some guys that think they're playing well, and I think they're kidding themselves at this point. It's it's frustrating to play with, uh, you know, play out there when when you got guys that think they're playing well and, and they're doing things that you know you have no idea what play they're going to make or, or where they're going to be on the ice. And uh, it's it's tough to play in this league when when you don't know where your teammates are going to be. So um, you know that's where a lot of the frustration stems from. Man, Colby. I mean, for a team that is right there near the top of their division, to hear comments like that. We've got guys who think they're playing well and they, they're kidding themselves at this point. It was kind of eye-opening to see Taves speak out in that way after, again, like, yes, not going well. I totally understand. But the season as a whole has been. So the fact that it seems like there's some tension in that room is surprising. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's not necessarily surprising because they have high expectations. And when you have the expectations that you have uh, in Colorado and you go into Chicago and, and you let the Chicago, you know, Rockford Ice Hogs beat you, 
um, in front of a sold out building. That doesn't sit well. Now, there was no Kel McCarr last night. Um, but look, this team still has McCarr. They still have Taves. They still have McKinnon. They still have Rantanen. This is a team that should be pushing to win the Stanley Cup. And I think when we on this show talk about who are the true contenders for the Cup, we want to put Colorado in. We do put Colorado in. But then we also put a little asterisk of we're not really sure about them. They don't look as hungry. They don't look as physical. Uh, they're not managing the puck at the blue line and the red line as well as they did the year that they won the cup. They're just not playing with that jam. And I think Taves uh, knows what that should look like, knows what he wants that to look like. And I think he's challenging his teammates because it's not a switch. We've seen year after year, Tampa is the only team that can flip a switch. Okay, this team needs to get going and they need to get going now. Speaking of needing to get going, uh, that's what's needed in Edmonton, Colby. Another loss last night for the Edmonton Oilers. And when you take a look at their last 21 games, my pal Reed Wilkins pointed this out. Four-game losing streak, three-game winning streak, three-game losing streak, eight-game winning streak, and then another three-game losing streak. It's just, it's up and down like a toilet seat to steal the line from their GM, Ken Holland. And I'm not sure how the Oilers can figure this thing out. It's maddening to watch. They're piss poor at five on five. They have one of the lowest shooting percentages, one of the lowest save percentages at five on five. And it really does feel like this team, even though they made the coaching change, it's the same Oilers team from last year. If their power play is hot and they get a couple of big saves, they'll win no problem and they'll beat any team in the league. If the power play cools off and the goaltending takes a step back, they're a bottom five NHL team. And look, I've been hard on Stuart Skinner on this show this season, um, and even to you, because we always are talking during the Oilers games, but you know, last night, that wasn't the issue. I mean, he needs run support. Um, you're not going to win hockey games scoring one goal. I think Connor McDavid needs to shoot the puck a little bit more. There were some times last night where uh, he's looking past, and I'd like to see him be a little bit more selfish. Now, listen to me sitting here t- telling the best player in the world what he should do better, but at the end of the day, they only scored one goal. Um, you know, their penalty kill has been better under Knobloch, but last night, special teams, that was an issue. They give up a power play goal. They give up a shorty. Um, and you know, you just see a little bit of puck watching happening in the defensive zone. You see a little bit of carelessness with the puck around the red line that comes back on them. The Islanders, they like to sit, they like to wait on those types of plays. So look, I, 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 two weeks ago when they were on this eight game winning streak said, this is a team that can contend if they play like this, if their power play plays like this, McDavid was on some crazy run of points over the course of those eight games. I mean, numbers that are our fantasy hockey numbers, they're video game numbers, but you know, then they come back down to earth over these last couple of games. I was excited to see him at seven o'clock Eastern. You know, I'm not having to stay up until one o'clock to see the Oilers. They score a goal in the first minute and a half of that game. And then they go 57 minutes without a goal. That, just not winning hockey. It's not consistent. Something's got to change in that in that room because the coaching change doesn't seem to have really done the trick. Yeah, and I mean, you look at the shot clock. You oh, they put up 16 shots in the third period. They just got goalied again. But at some point, how many times can you get, get goalied yeah. in a season? Once you hit the 10th time, it's like, okay, maybe you're just not good at finishing off your scoring chances. So we'll see. I mean, the Oilers got a tough task heading into the Christmas break. Devils Rangers back to back on Thursday and Friday night on the road. So Eminem's going to need to dig deep if they want to be at 500 by Christmas. Uh, Let's continue along with the show and get to our big segment for the day. It's the Players Room with Luke Gazdick. 
Players Room, as always, is delivered by DoorDash, where for a limited time, our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and use the promo code NATION25. Dash that for the win and make DoorDash your hack this holiday season. Former NHLer Luke Gazdick joins the show as he does every Wednesday. You can also find his work on Sportsnet and the Myths Off podcast. Luke, I want to start out in Columbus. It is an absolute dumpster fire in CBJ. And for a team that's supposed to have their eye on the future, we have Kent Johnson going to the minors, Adam Fantilli playing on the fourth line, David Juracek getting healthy scratched. And I know some people will say, well, you need to make sure the young guys earn it. Other people will say, why are you just burying your good, talented young players in the lineup and not giving them a shot? What do you make of all the drama in Columbus and the way that season's played out? Yeah, it's a bit of a gong show there right now, but Truly, where I want to start first, Ty, is mm-hmm. Colby. Ty, you'll love this. Colby, this is the first time you and me have talked, but I remember I grew up in Toronto, and I'll never forget all these, like, OHL top prospect, like, draft lists when we were, like, 15 years old. Colby would be in, like, the top 10 every time. And all these American kids we never saw. Yeah, never saw, like, south of the border. He was always in, like, these top prospect things, but... Uh, I, we've never met man, but, uh, good to see we, you. Good we to actually did, we, we did play against each other actually a couple of times, um, preseason Colorado, Dallas, and then a regular season game, uh, was that, I think it was my first NHL game, uh, played against you guys in Dallas. Andrew Raycroft was your goaltender that night. Um, oh I believe it was a little bit of a, 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 it got a little testy that night. I think James Neal, uh, tried to break his stick over my head at one point and told me you'll be back on a bus in about three days. So don't worry about it, kid. And he was wasn't the wrong. Colo- so was the Colorado Dallas preseason game. Did I fight Chris Stewart that night? Was that in Dallas? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. I tore my shoulder into 14 pieces that night. Anyway, Ty, I know this is your show and I know you, I know you love story time, but let's talk about the jackets, baby. Uh, (laughs) Honestly, I feel bad because I am about to go on a bit of a tear on them. And I just had Erica Branson on my pod and he's one of the most fantastic human beings you'll ever meet. Uh, And so they do have a couple good vets there that I know are doing their best, but Every time I hear about this Jackets team in the news, it's for all the wrong reasons. And I understand, um, I understand what you're saying, Ty, in the sense that young players have to earn it. But there's situations like this where you know a team's in a rebuild that look at me saying they should just be given it. And you should be just allowing these guys to play in every opportunity, in every situation. And whether it was Babcock going through young guys' phones or Fantilli down to the fourth, like you said, Kent Johnson going down to Cleveland, like enough, like enough with this. It's just every time I hear about this team, it just makes me shake my head. And I know they went on a bit of a tear last night, nine whatever it was over the Sabres who are struggling, but I just don't love the way that this organization has chosen to uh, develop some of these young players. Well, and it's also bizarre when you have, you're trading for Provorov, you're signing Johnny Gaudreau. Like there, it, to me, it just seems rudderless there. What what are you doing? And and I'm with you. For, for a guy like you who had to earn everything, every inch, and a guy like me who I wasn't really, I got handed maybe one opportunity and then I had to earn the rest and didn't earn it and didn't get it. Um, so it's really interesting to hear your perspective on that. Uh, now and and I totally agree with you but there's another team I want to talk to you about I know that's a little bit more in your backyard is the Leafs uh, they've been one of the best teams over the as of late 
Uh, they've been on a little bit of a tear. Last night on home ice, though, you know, the Rangers beat them up and they made them, you know, look like a team that maybe is in a lower tier. So I'm curious from your point of view, do you put them up there with Boston and New York as the best in the East? Or do you feel like they're maybe in a little bit of a lower tier as far as that uh, Eastern Conference goes? Yeah, I see a lot of this team obviously living here in Toronto, and I feel like it's a big thing in Toronto media. This is kind of my first foray into like jumping into hockey media full time and being really ingrained in it. And I feel like Toronto media is really hard on the Leafs. We always have a tendency to nitpick and look at the negatives and are constantly striving from like perfection from this team. But make no mistake about it. This is a really good hockey team. And they are fun to watch. They're fast. They Are they flawed? Yes. They make mistakes. Could they get better goaltending and maybe defense every now and then? Yes. But they are a really good team. And I know you. it's tough to say this because there's multiple teams in the league you can. But I will say it anyway. They are a couple pieces away from being a elite team like in contending for the cup i just think they need to add probably a couple pieces till they're there but they are really really good i wouldn't put them in the top category of contending for a stanley cup right now i actually thought they deserved better last night couple really bad bounces um but the way austin matthews is going they are very close to being very good who do you have in that top tier then when we saw them go out or go down to the Rangers last night? I think the Rangers are obviously there on leading the conference with 45 points, but who else do you put in that group? I think there's two for me. One of them is the Rangers. I was not sold on them for a long time and I still fully I am not, but every game I watch them, they just, I, I start liking them more and more. The other team for me is the Florida Panthers. I, I love watching the cats. They are so aggressive. They're so dynamic offensively coming into Edmonton Saturday night, them running plays through the zone, a uh, lot of motion, uh, active defense. And then Sergey Bobrovsky, who's found his game and is hard to get a puck passed right now. For me, it's only those two teams. I, I, I don't love the Bruins. I think incredible goaltending is masking a fairly average roster. I still think they're a really good hockey team and can do some damage. But to me, if you're talking cup contenders, the only two in the East that I would have up there right now are probably the Rangers and the Panthers. Would you have more in the West? I mean, I'm looking there and like Winnipeg's a team that I think almost in the same breath as Toronto, like they seem a piece away. Like they probably need to add one more quality forward to really get into that next year but who's in the top tier for you out west la for sure i think la is the most popular answer right now but man when you watch them yeah it's a bit of a snooze fest i played for todd mcclellan like it is fairly defensive hockey but they could score they're getting goaltending i want to put vegas in there but after last i mean last night and the last couple didn't look great but i still have them in there and i'm Thinking about saying Dallas, but I, I don't know. Dallas still has to win me over a little bit. I, I I don't love them, but to me, it's only two there right now, too. And it's it's Vegas and it's LA. Uh, Colorado isn't there yet. They're having some struggles. The Jets, ooh, they're tough to play against, but I think they I think they're gonna have a hard time um getting out of there. I, I don't know. For me, it's just those two. All right, there you go. The Players Room with Luke Gazdick. Thanks for doing this again, Luke. Uh, have a Merry Christmas as well. No show next week. So we'll chat with you in the new year. Yeah, happy holidays. Merry Christmas, guys. See you, bud.
Cole, we tried our best to find some of those preseason highlights, and they must have been wiped from the internet. I was looking for a good battle between Colby and Luke. There. Couldn't find one. Couldn't find. He one. would probably he probably would have got the better of me. So I'm glad we didn't find him. All right, uh, let's move along to our daily faceoff inbox question. Hashtag Ask DFO. Earlier in the week, we saw the Boston Bruins send Matt Potra down to or overseas to the Canadian World Junior Team. Uh, is that a move you think more NHL clubs should do? One that's been popular is obviously the Blue Jackets and Fantilli. I think this is a very case-by-case basis um, where I totally agree with it. In the case of Matt Potra, this is a guy who is on a little bit of a pitch count. If you get my reference, I know uh, the Blue Jays didn't get Shohei, but we're still baseball people around here. So um, I think with Patra, I think it's an opportunity for him to go build confidence. I think his game's been a little bit up and down. I think uh, Jim Montgomery wants to see him possess the puck more and you know gain a little bit more confidence. So I think going to World Juniors is a perfect opportunity to go play with the best in the world at your age group. Go possess the puck. Go be a leader. Um, not really an opportunity to take a deep breath because when you play on the Canadian World Junior team, it's anything but. But and then, uh, you know, the other guy you mentioned, Fantilli, do I think he should be at World Juniors? Absolutely not. Fantilli is the face of a franchise. To me, he's been some nights the best player in Columbus, some nights the best player on the ice. He should be playing 24 minutes a night, 22 minutes a night in the NHL. Um, so I think it's super case by case basis. Kirby Doc went a couple of years ago, messed up his wrist set him on a really rough path, missed the rest of the NHL season, had issues the season after. So it's it just such a case-by-case -case basis. So I think it's a phenomenal question, um, but I really think that there isn't a one-size-fits-all approach. Fair enough. Uh, let's move along to our Botano Daily Bets for the day. I went one for one last night. The Vegas Golden Knights, man, I thought they had a very good chance against the carolina hurricanes not the case they got blown up but la came i took through you on me. that one too yeah a uh, couple of plays i like this evening so let's jump into it first the winnipeg jets taking on the detroit red wings team this is a red wings team that is struggling as of late three losses in a row a jets team that's playing pretty well six three and one in their last 10 they've beaten some good opponents like the colorado avalanche over that stretch as well so i love taking a stab at a nice juicy plus 152 on the puck line tonight as the jets host the detroit red wings uh sorry winnipeg very good on home ice this season as well i'm also going with the over between the kraken and the kings the kings played last night and again, back-to-back -back nights, offense tends to go up a little bit in those situations. The Kraken have not been getting very good goaltending this year, and you're giving me a plus-110 price tag on it. So give me the over between Seattle and L.A. and also Winnipeg on the puck line tonight. And that brings us to garbage time for the day. It's brought to you by Wendy's and the Daily Face-Off Survivor Pool. Hey, if you are still alive in that thing, all the credit to you. I am out on day one. We have just 22 of the 562 contestants that played this week still alive. Check it out, dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com. Colby, you got garbage time today, and I'm looking at this little logo at the bottom of my screen here. What, what's that all about? Tell me more. Well, if you look closely in the coffee cup, there's a little DFO logo. So we got a little bit of the company branding. This is a new show that's going to be launching on the Daily Face Off in the new year. Myself and Johnny Lazarus are going to be hosting Monday through Thursday mornings, 9 a.m. to about 9.45, 10. It's going to be all about the latest news around the league. There's going to be debates. We're going to have great guests. Uh, it's going to be a free-flowing show, and we're just going to see where it goes. We're very excited to get going. Obviously, been contributing to your and Frank's show for the last couple of seasons. So we're glad to uh, – Johnny and I are excited to officially join the family. And 
I think the logo looks great. You'll grab a cup of coffee. You'll throw your headphones in. Uh, like I said, it'll be live every day at 9 a.m. We'll be the first ones. If there's news to break, we'll have Frank on to break the news. Um, you know, I, I think it'll be cool. And, you know, it'll live as a podcast. So more content coming from the DFO pages, the social pages. So keep an eye on that for our, our launch date. It'll be sometime in the new year. Yeah, more than just daily face-off live happening every single day in the new year here on the DFO YouTube. So you're going to want to subscribe and going to want to hit that like button as well so we pop up in your algorithm a little bit more. Uh, fantastic stuff today, Colby. Big shout-out to Luke Gazdick for swinging by and giving us some good insight into a couple of situations around the league. And a big shout-out to our friends at Botano. Once again, before we wrap things up, you can get in on the Botano Holiday Prize Pool. It is a live online trivia game, and it's their biggest prize pool yet at $2,000. One of the many ways Botano is celebrating the holidays. Keep it tuned there. Saturday, December 23rd, 9 p.m. draw. No deposit required. You only need a Botano account to participate. Colby, fantastic stuff, man. We'll chat later in the week. All right. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? 
That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.